Hello and welcome to the Football Diary podcast where this weekend was all about the relegation scrap. Now, spoiler alert for Ted Lasso season one as Richmond are relegated despite Lasso eventually winning over the fans with his charm and charisma. But that's just a TV show, I suppose. Let's focus on the real football. And Leeds look like they could go down despite March winning over the fans with his... Wait a minute, I've heard that before. Anyway, Frank Lampard calling some favours at his old club as Richarlison or Azpilicueta, depending on how you want to look at it, gave Everton a vital 1-0 win over Chelsea. But just how hard can you kick a ball in Jordan Pickford's face before he turns the rave off? Aston Villa saw their worst nightmare come true as Dean Smith comes to Villa Park and gets relegated. Thankfully for me, it was with his new side, Norwich, who yo-yo their way back down to the championship. It's a cruel old game. Elsewhere, Roy Hodgson was 36 when Michael Jackson brought Thriller to MTV. And he was 74, but dressed like an 18-year-old when Mike Jackson brought a Thriller to Vicarage Road. Burnley edged their way to safety, meaning in the relegation race, the Football Diary has the answer right now just to tell you once again who's bad. And I'm starting with the man in the ginger. Woo! How are you, Dave? <laughs> I'm great. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Now I know that Villa are pretty much out of the relegation race themselves. <laughs> I feel a little bit better. Now, apologies to everyone for us not being around last week. Uh, Mike's on holiday, the lucky guy. And I had COVID, so not so lucky. So uh, we're back this week. Plenty of football to talk about, Dave. Starting really with the, the bottom end of the table. Because the top end... Not much changed. Man City is still a point ahead of Liverpool. Arsenal still in the, the driver's seat for fourth and Man United still don't have a chance. So nothing's really changed there. Uh, but at the bottom, a few things did. And they changed multiple times in one game, didn't they? As Watford took a 1-0 lead over Burnley only for two quite late goals, really, to turn it around in the newly named Mike Jackson. I don't like it. I preferred it when he was Michael Jackson. It's <laughs> now got 10 points from four games since Dyche got sat and Burnley all of a sudden have moved up not only out of the relegation zone but put Leeds below them as well it's, it's a big turnaround for them isn't it Dave? Yeah I know we kind of uh, gave the decision a little bit of stick a few weeks ago obviously when it happened and I mean you know hindsight is a great thing but you, you know you, you don't know how much you can put down to the manager there must be he must be doing something right because the players, you know, fully look like they believe they can um, get out of this hole and they've put themselves in a, in a brilliant position. Uh, like you mentioned there, those 10 points are invaluable and all of a sudden it's Leeds who we thought, you know, a few weeks ago, they've, they've done just enough to kind of get away from um, relegation, but they've been kind of pulled back into it, obviously, uh, with the the Burnley results of late and Everton picking up a big win. Um, it's made things even more interesting than it was. Um, I think we kind of were almost resigned to losing Watford, you know, before yeah. this weekend. And that's kind of, it's, you know, looks like it's kind of out of sight now for them, really. It looks yeah. pretty done, doesn't it? And it's it's a shame because I've got so much respect for Roy Hodgson, as does any any football fan, really, for what he's done in the game. And obviously, he's coming towards the end of his career. And we did question why he would have taken this job. But Watford just haven't done enough to to keep their place around their place, have they? I mean, what did you make of this performance? Obviously, they were looking like they were picking up three very valuable points until I think the 83rd minute when Jack Hawke popped up with that header. But... Have you seen enough from Watford to to think that they could have got out of this, or is it just they were kind of sailing to nothing? No, and like you mentioned there, really, it was similar sort of errors that we've seen over the last few weeks. You know, from set piece um, areas where they've been vulnerable, um, and obviously what and Burnley, you know, the team they thrive in those sort of situations, and um, they've shown that. That they can take advantage of those you know, those um, areas and um, full credit to them. I, I don't ever fe- I always felt um, as though Watford were there for the taking, really. And if what if I fully expected Burnley to go and beat them, just because how good they are at kind of from set pieces, and you know we've seen how bad 
Watford have been over the last few weeks, I just thought, yeah. you know, they're the perfect team for them to come up against. And, Definitely. you know, another relegation contender. Um, so it was a it was a big three points for them. And if they if Burnley didn't win that game, I feel as though you know, they they would have felt like that would have been a heavy hit for them, in my opinion. Definitely, especially as they didn't know the Everton result at that point. Obviously, Everton played after them, and they got a vital win, which we'll come on to in a second. But what a, what a statement it is for Burnley now to not only have a bit of daylight between them and Everton, but yeah, like you say, they've sucked leads right into it. And it's a lot of spirit that they've shown since Sean Dyche was was removed from the post. I mean, we talked about it already with them, but none of us really, you mentioned it earlier, we all thought it was a bit of an odd decision maybe at this sort of timing, but it has galvanised them. Have you seen anything different in the way that they're playing? Um, I don't know if it's, you know, we've, we've seen with, Obviously, it's not a new manager as such, but we have seen these new manager bounces um, happen with teams. And, yeah. you know, we don't know whether he's going to be in a permanent position. Obviously, Burnley don't really know, looks like they don't really know who they've kind of lined up or they've got someone set up for next season, whether there was a, an agreement put into place to, to you know, um, give him the reins until the end of the season. They've seen enough from, you know, Mike Jackson. Um <laughs> to you know, give them a lot of confidence in him to show that he can actually you know do the job, and you know, so far he's, he's he's shown that he's been fully you know up to it. And I think the players they do look rigid, you know they look like they're instilled with energy. They're, they're how they are going out on the pitch. They're showing full commitment. And to be honest, it you felt as though. The last few years, I think I said at the start of this season, didn't I, with my prediction, I'd say I think Burnley are just, they're going through a cycle and it seems to be an endless cycle of they're just doing enough to not get relegated. Yeah. yeah. Not really seeing a great deal of improvement. And let's be honest, it's it's always difficult, especially when the, the, the club is not getting the investment that it needs. Um, okay, we've seen a few players obviously got brought in in January. Yeah. But that it's always difficult to kind of blood them into the team when you come in mid through way through a season and a lot of there's a lot lot of new players in there. You sell your best striker to obviously another relegation <laughs> candidate, mm-hmm. um, Newcastle. And yeah, I mean you've got to give them so much credit because the, you've got to think that the fans were must have been fearing the worst, I think, you know, three or four weeks ago when obviously got sacked and that I'm Norwich sure. that they obviously they beat Everton and it looked like they might be able to do something there. Then they lost to Norwich and that must have been so deflating. And when your when your manager has been there for a decade and you're so used to having that presence around, and the fans obviously uh, look. Dice doesn't play the most attractive football in the world, but he's done a fantastic job at Burnley. That would have been really hard for them to overcome, but they must be absolutely thrilled at the moment. They've got more points from the last four games than I remember them getting, what, the first half of the season? It was, it's was. it been a great turnaround, and to be honest, it can only get better for them. They've got, they've got Villa to play twice, and I imagine they'll get some points from there. There's some tough games for Leeds and Everton to, to face still. I think that they're safe now, maybe? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of it comes down to, you know, you mentioned the teams there that, you know, teams have got left to play. And some of it, I think some, like you mentioned, Burnley are probably in a little bit of a better position than some of the others, where other teams have still got, you know, a lot to play for. Mm. Uh, you know, Villa are sort of, their season sort of dwindling out. They've been a little bit sort of hit and miss of late, but... um it's really about who performs on the day. I know it's a very cliche saying. Um, but True though. You can't kind of expect to turn up and you think, oh, this team, you know, they're not going to be at it. They've not really got anything to play for today. And I feel as though they're in a good position, Burnley, and that they've got the points on the table. I think Everton have got a game in hand on them, haven't they? The two yeah, points. Hand, yeah. But, you know, before this performance against Chelsea, you wouldn't, you couldn't see the next time Everton were going to get any points, really, and at, at moment in moments against Liverpool as well in the first half. But hmm. Everton still got some tough games coming up. So, um, well, let's look at 
Let's look at Everton now then, because like you say, going into their kickoff, all of a sudden they looked in, it looked like it was almost confirmed they were going to be down. It was with, what, five points behind Leeds and Burnley. They go on to face Chelsea. And you look, Chelsea haven't been themselves necessarily of late. I mean, they even dropped points to Man United. That's how bad they've been. But (laughs) you still were banking on the fact that they were going to, Take Everton apart, really, and in the and early, early in the second half, Aspilicueta is caught sleeping, really, and and Richarlison gets a goal, and they hold on somehow as well. It was Jordan Pickford, I thought, was absolutely fantastic in this game. We saw the the best of him. That save that he produced, where he just scrambled all the way across his goal on the line and, and hooked out. I think it was Aspilicueta's effort, and then he took that one in the face from Rudiger, but. Three points is three points. Everton won't care how it came or who who got it for them at this stage of the season, will they, Dave? No, like you mentioned, there it's all about the result. And in this particular game, I didn't I didn't feel as though Everton, you know, were brilliant. Uh, Chelsea probably had the better opportunities um, in the game as a whole, even yeah. though you know, they didn't really show up and they had moments. Yeah. Um, probably those moments, you would say. Could have won the game without playing particularly well. Um, but Everton took advantage, obviously, of that defensive lapse. You've got to say, as Filiqueta, he, he looks aged. He does. He looks like an old player now. Um, so I don't know whether the, he'll be there, obviously, come the end of the season. I don't know how long he's got left in his contract. Is that? Didn't they just trigger a one-year extension? Because there was a lot of talk of him going to Barcelona in the summer, but I have a feeling that they um, had an automatic one-year roll-on that's just joined. Mm-hmm. Because they I need him. They don't know who they're going to be able to sign in the summer, if anyone. And Rudiger's obviously confirmed that he's going to be going to Real Madrid, it looks like. So that that's done. The one, Chris uh, looks like he's going to Barca. So Yeah, Alonso. Alonso, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's worrying times for them, but I mean, yeah, Everton, I think what you can say is, you know, they're, they're obviously playing for the manager. They've shown, you know, 100% commitment. Whether you agree with that Lampard's good enough or, or not is another question. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's certain players that are kind of, you'd say, stepping up. Anthony Gordon's one of them. Looks like Amazing. a bright spark um, yeah. going forward. I think those transitions, he brings them something different, Everton, in kind of, you know, from defence to attack, he, he carries the ball so well through, you know, down flanks, through the middle of the park. He's, a, he's an outlet for them and it's, some, it's something that they do need. Richarlison, I thought he had a really good game as well. Yeah. He's not been, he's not had the greatest of seasons. So, obviously, now is a is a big, a big uh, time to step up and just kind of uh, show what he's made of because I don't... I'm not sure whether he'll be there next year. I think his time yeah, uh, probably come, coming to an end. Is, it's been linked with your lot a few times. Yeah, it's been you know, I don't know whether that's just agents banding Man United's name around and trying to drum up interest. It's, yeah. I'd be surprised if that came to fruition, to be honest, especially the, the prices that Everton have won. Um, I think we've mentioned it on here before. I've definitely spoken about it with others before that it doesn't seem a coincidence to me that Yerimina was back and Everton get a clean sheet as well because Everton's defence is woeful. But he, he obviously is a, a better defender, even if he is made of glass. So a really important result for them towards the running. The other thing to, to bear in mind, Everton do have some very hard games to come, but they also have Watford and you'd think they can probably get points there. Uh, it looks like Watford are, are probably down now. We didn't really establish that when we, we did the Watford Burnley chat. Do you think? But that's it for Watford now, yeah. I think so. Yeah, we, yeah you don't want to speak too soon. Sometimes, <laughs> and we've kind of been made to look like fools a few a few times this season in, in moments. But um, it looks like it, and that would be a big a big disappointment, I think, for them. Yeah. It will, but to be honest, it would be a disappointment for the fans. The club seem like they've got this model where as long as they're generating cash and getting parachute payments, that they don't really care too much. I don't know what Watford are anymore. I'm quite glad to see them go, to be honest. Um, And look, Everton could still join them, but one team that looks likely now, all of a sudden, and really, 
their name was being briefly mentioned in conversations and oh maybe they should watch out but until this weekend it wasn't really them in the picture and now they almost look like the favorites to go down is Leeds mm. I, you feel for Leeds because they lost to Man City this weekend you would anticipate that they would lose to Man City but it has put them in a really really difficult position because other teams pick points that way you didn't think they would a 4-0 loss here as Man City keep their place on the top of the Premier League but What's what's going to happen to Leeds then, Dave? Is is it a case of Bielsa left them in too much of a hole? Is it a case of the team's not good enough? That squad's not deep enough with the injuries that they've had? Is Jesse Marsh the right guy? Why why are Leeds now looking like they might go down? I think when he obviously has been brought in and he's you know in in, in matches they've not looked as open, but it's almost like the structure because it's been changed it's almost affect them going forward it, it doesn't look like at times they've been as threatening they've not created as many chances in certain games oh uh, and when they do sorry we have to mention rodrigo in the first half he gets <laughs> the ball on the halfway line no defenders with him and he breaks and look rodrigo is known for being fairly pacey and nathan Ake caught up with him so comfortably and he just panicked didn't he and that is not what you need when you're in that sort of spot. Because if Leeds go 1-0 up, that's a different game, maybe. It's pressure on City then. Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning that of late, you know, you'd think it'd be quite a nervy sort of title race between uh, Man City and Liverpool, but they're showing nerves of steel. They're not really looking comfortable. Um, and, you know, that's... Big testament to them and to the mentality of the players and the managers, to how they prepare them for the game, and yeah. uh, you know it's it's really going to be a very uh, fine margin that's going to decide this part of race. But yeah, like you mentioned, there leads. It's they're quite un- still quite unpredictable. I th- I did get to this game and I thought, do you know what? You know, p- people were sort of thinking, would this be the one where a bit of a banana skin for Man City and. I thought, yeah, I just it came to it, and I thought, you know, you kind of follow you, your mind or your heart, and you think, you know, you think it right, and you think really Manchester City should get the job done with the attacking players they got, and that Leeds defence is still leaky. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's really going to be it's going to be tight, and you know, like the last few games for Leeds have got who they who is it they've got for the last. They've got some difficult fixtures. They still have Liverpool to play. I think they've still got to play Brentford. The other fixture's gone off the top of my head. But it's not an easy run. I looked at that. They've got four games left, and it didn't look like they were particularly winnable, to be honest. So they have been sucked right into it. But City were clinical in this game, weren't they? And that, that was the difference, really. What did you make of City's performance overall? Yeah, like you mentioned there, that they were their first half was... They were indifferent, really. They, they, they didn't look uh, their fluent selves. They didn't really create a great deal. Um, obviously, the uh, Rodri goal was really well worked. Um, and that kind of, I think that gave them a little bit of confidence. Uh, second half, you know, they started to create more chances and it was reasonably comfortable in the end. Um, I mean, I know we've mentioned Gabriel Jesus over the last few weeks and let's give him a little bit of credit. He's, you know, he's finishing the season strong. Um, there's a lot of rumours of whether he's going to be at Man City next season. I think there's rumours of inter- uh, Arsenal being interested. Yeah, it's so uh, funny because, to be honest, when that interest came around, I've said it a few times, obviously my, my wife's family are all Arsenal fans, and we had the conversation about Jesus. And I said, I just don't think he's good enough, to be honest. We watched him in that Liverpool game, and I've seen him play for City a few times and thought, I don't think he cuts it at the top level of the Premier League, to be honest, when he's not in a City side. And then that day he scored four goals and then he scores against Real Madrid and now he scored this week as well. So maybe he is finding the right sort of form to kind of kick on and give City what they need at the end of the season without that number nine. What do you think? I mean, there's been big talk of Haaland uh, coming in, isn't there? And, uh, you know, that City have found an agreement that's been banded about the last few weeks. So I'd be very surprised, really, if he's there next season. I think he'll be looking probably to choose a new path. He's been there for, what, two or three years now, is it? 
a little while, you know, longer than you think. I reckon he's been for four years. Like it, but it's been a while, yeah. hasn't it? He was young. He came in in January, didn't he? And he was quite yeah. young at the time. So, I mean, he's still quite young now. But, yeah, City look like they're going to march on and, and and at least compete until the last day with Liverpool. When it comes to Leeds, I was slightly wrong about their fixtures. They don't have Liverpool. The next game is Arsenal, which, of course, will be a massive one as Arsenal are trying to keep up fourth. Mm-hmm. And they have Chelsea, who didn't look like they had anything to play for. But their loss to Everton really opens up the top four race and kind of draws them back in a little bit. Spurs and Arsenal could both catch them. Then they have mm-hmm. Brighton, who... Should be on Brighton Beach right now, but actually they've they've started performing incredibly well at the end of the season, taking points from games we really wouldn't have expected. And then they go to Brentford on the last day of the season, which really that that might be the only place you can see them getting points. And that might be harsh on Brentford to say that. So Leeds could be in some real trouble, couldn't they? Well, yeah. I think a lot of those teams that you mentioned there, um, the likes of. Brighton, Chelsea, uh, Brentford as well. They're actually really good in possession. And yeah. I think that's something you, you find that Leeds don't always have a great deal of in terms of the ball. You know, they've put they've got obviously plenty of energy in the team. They're a good uh, good at counter-pressing in moments, but they don't tend to hold on to the ball, you know, as well as they probably should do um, in games. And that probably, you know, it must be tiring. We've seen how kind of heavy metal the sort of football that Bielsa played while he was there, and that there was obviously moments in his in his tenure where it did take its toll. Obviously, they had um, that, the championship season where you thought they were going to get promoted, and they managed to mess up just because they seemed like they ran out of steam. They, it's almost as though they are trying to find more balance to. Their play in, you know, not kind of expending as much energy as, as they should be, but kind of trying to find a little bit more control in game, trying to maintain a bit more possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's always difficult because I feel like there's a lot of players in that team that aren't good enough to be in, to be playing in the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's obviously, they've got some, you know, real good talents in there, like the likes of Rafinha and Patrick Bamford when fit. Um, yeah, it's a shame. Really. Um, I like Dallas. I think Dallas is a good player, really good. And so, Melier as well. I think he's actually a good keeper, considering how many goals Leeds have conceded. I don't actually think he's that bad. But so we say that we think Burnley look like they might get out of it. We say that Leeds have now got uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, Brentford, and Brighton. Everton have got five games, and they're two points behind Leeds currently. They've got Leicester, Watford, Brentford, Palace. And then Arsenal on the last day of the season. Which one of them are going to join Norwich and, and Watford, Dan and Dave? I'm going to make you answer that question. I think everyone thought Everton for yesterday. Uh, yeah. that, that result will have given Everton, obviously, the world of belief, you know, in the situation that they were in. They must have kind of been dreading um, that. And everyone thought, oh, the game was a foregone conclusion. So you could pick a name out of a hat. I think um, I feel as though it'll be out of Leeds and Everton. I think Burnley have shown, you know, they're in a good run of form, um, which is encouraging. They've not just been finding, you know, odd odd moments ever since they've had the manager change. It seems like they're going through Mm. a really good spell and uh, they're finding the right moments in games to, to score goals. And, you know, we all thought that it looked, it looked like they were dead and buried against Watford in that last, it came to that last mad 10 minutes that they had at the end and snatched uh, a win from Jaws of Defeat. So, well, they've got, it, they've got Villa twice, Spurs and Newcastle. They'll take points from us, definitely. I don't know how many, but they will. Newcastle will have nothing to play for on the last game of the season. The Tottenham game, obviously, is a bit harder, but... Didn't, they, didn't Burnley beat Spurs? They did, didn't they, early in the season? When yeah, Spurs Conte, were... Conte threatened to quit, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, because we were saying, oh, yeah, Spurs, you know, they look brilliant. They, I think they, I think that was on the back of a, a win against Man City or a really yeah, good result. When they kept doing that win, loss, win, loss, win, loss thing and Conte just went, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, I, I feel as though Burnley will probably just get over the line, but. I'm, I'm going against my prediction there. I said Burnley go down. I've seen yeah. 
know how bad some of the teams are this year and um, I think it's it, like you mentioned there there's some difficult games for Everton and Leeds and um, but I can see where Everton might get points they're playing Watford and if they win that game that's three points they're two mm -hmm. points behind Leeds can I see Leeds getting another point this season I don't know I don't know if I can <laughs> it's going to be tight it's going to be tight and I'm really looking forward to seeing how it plays out one team that didn't make it to the end of the season before knowing they were relegated were Norwich. And of course, the mighty villains were the ones to send them down. No, was... So Villa beat Norwich 2-0. And it was uh, it's a bit of a sweet win, to be honest. Villa needed a win. We've not won in six or five. It's been a long time since Villa have won a game. And Stephen Gerrard will have felt this as a, a confidence boost that they needed, really, at home to bottom of the league, Norwich. It's a shame that that's what it comes to, but hey-ho, we'll talk about Villa in a minute. <laughs> uh, sadly for Dean Smith, back at his boyhood club, back at the club that sacked him earlier on in the season, and that's where the re relegation was confirmed. It couldn't have been more cruel, could it, Dave? Not too no. cruel. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't see the game myself. I've seen some of the highlights, but it didn't look like the most uh, thrilling game, say to such. But I think Norwich, for a while now, I think a, a lot of people have kind of been, you know, kind of accepted that you know they're un they're unlikely just to get out of uh, the relegation uh, places. And it, it, it's a familiar story, isn't it, with them? They come up one season, and go down the next. But yeah, I feel as though there's been you know encouraging moments in the season, you know. He's managed to get a, a few good results, um, a few unlikely results, a few results that you probably wouldn't expect as well. Um, so I think with him at the helm, I think there's plenty of uh, plenty of reasons to be. They'll come straight back up again. You know, positive, and I'm sure they will. Like you mentioned, that they they have the habit of, of <laughs> being promoted from the championship, and I'm sure they'll be up there again next season. And um, it's in a way, it's nice to to be in a division where you're actually going for a, a run of form and winning games. Um, you'd fun right now, wouldn't you? Go to the championship. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's not that's not mentioned too much about that. <laughs> you know what? With with Dean Smith in charge, I do think not only will Norwich do very well in the championship next season because he's proven at that level, he's done very well. I think given him the opportunity to build a squad to stay in the Premier League, he did that at Villa. And he, he might be able to be the manager that actually gets Norwich up and keeps them there next time. In this game, I didn't see anything from Norwich at all. I watched the whole game and, and Villa were very comfortable. There was a couple of times Emi Martinez made a few saves, Rashika had a few efforts at goal and Timapuki got himself about a little bit, but Mings just sort of bossed him all game and they had a little bit too much Man United in Norwich. Brandon Williams, he just, he couldn't cope. He fell over for Watkins' goal. He had the ball robbed off him just before uh, Danny Ings made it 2-0 as well and it just, yeah, Norwich aren't good enough really to be honest to be at this level and it's been a pretty, pretty poor season for them but what a moment for Dean Smith. It was nice to see that after the game, he stayed on the pitch and the, the Villa fans sang his name and he got to kind of say goodbye to all of the Villa players as well because you forget that when a manager is sacked, he doesn't get another home game. He doesn't get to go and say goodbye to the fans. And with someone like Smith, who won the Villa fans over so much and did so much for the club, he, he deserved a goodbye. There was a banner outside the ground saying thank you for everything, Dino, and Apparently, Villa fans had that made in time for the Brighton game, Stephen Gerrard's first game. But they didn't put it up in respect for Gerrard. There is a new manager there. Can't really talk about your last one. But they had the opportunity to roll it out in this one. So a nice, nice moment for Dean Smith in an otherwise pretty horrible day, I'm afraid, for him and Norwich. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, nice bit of recognition for him there, like I mentioned. Yeah. Manager's a out the door you don't often see them getting sort of the credit that they deserve and it's all you know a second seem it seemed as quite cruel these days really when you, you see some managers kind of unexpectedly lose their job so yeah i was really surprised by it i mean we talked about it a lot at the time and how much i didn't really want smith to leave villa it was absolutely bizarre but hey ho i think he'll do well with norwich next season so we'll see how they get on in the championship but bigger matters at hand 
really, in, in the scheme of world football. Obviously, we didn't record last week, as I mentioned, but there was some absolutely incredible football played out in the Champions League. So we're on to the second legs of the semi-final tomorrow and Wednesday, where it's pretty tightly poised in one and another one looks slightly more comfortable. Both the English sides going into their games with Leeds. Man City beat Real Madrid 4-3 in an incredible game of football, one that was just, you could not take your eyes from it. And Liverpool beat Villarreal 2-0 after two goals in about two, three minutes, really, in the second half, sealed the point, the uh, the aggregate lead for them. So it's it's interesting, Dave, going into these second legs. Let's start with Real Madrid-Man City, where Real Madrid just been crowned La Liga champions for the 35th time. And uh, Pablo Escobar, I mean, uh, Carlo Ancelotti, might take the cigar out of his mouth for long enough to... Uh, Spill some tactics on the sidelines for this one. What what do you think? What are we seeing in this second leg? Can Real Madrid get themselves back into this game? I think, you know, we can say a lot. I think a lot of people will be thinking Real Madrid can feel quite uh, fortunate to be in the position that they're in because in that first half in, in the first game, they were blown away. You know, City should have been, you know, it's what well, it's no exaggeration to say they should have been four goals up at half time. Yeah, they didn't make the most of those moments, and you know, it's, I think we forget to you know we forget that Man City for all the chances that they score. I mean, I think who's their top scorer? Is it is it De Bruyne? It's it might be Mares. I think it's Mares has got like twenty goals in all competitions this season. I think Premier League. I think they've. I think their top score is like twelve or thirteen. So yeah. that's, I mean, that's not a lot. And you've got the likes oh, of scored twenty-two goals. Son obviously scored his eighteen. Yeah. Ronaldo's on seventeen. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd say that kind of goes under the radar a little bit. In, in my opinion, well, not been in, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And I think City. I've been. Guilty of it a few times this season. They've had had a few nil nils. They've had a few one nils, um, and they've lost. Obviously, the games that they've lost, it's been tight margins again. Often games that the games that they've lost, they've failed to score. It's been yeah. one nil, two nil. Um, Palace, obviously, they lost two nil too. Um, yeah. Not too. So, I think they will have enough to get by Madrid. I think it will be. I think Ancelotti will probably approach it a little bit differently this time around. I think he can't let he can't allow it to unfold the way it did in that in that first half. It was, you know, uh, the amount of space that they had. De Bruyne was, you know, yeah, oh, it was ridiculous. So and good. Foden as well. Foden just they just did not seem to pick him up at all. And he, I really, do you know what? With Foden, I always wonder whether he's whether we've seen how good he is or whether he's slightly is because he plays in such a good team. I really noticed it in the Champions League this year, how good he actually is. And in this game, I thought he was phenomenal. It's it's interesting when you talk about our City clinical enough, did they make enough of their dominance? Because really, the reason Real Madrid are still in this tie is because they've got a man up front who is incredibly clinical. And with that one goal, only a goal in it now, and Benzema in the form that he's kind of in, going back to Real Madrid... It's going to be a really difficult time for Man City, isn't it? What did you make of, of Benzema's performance in, in this game after what's been an amazing season and tournament for him so far? Yeah, it's, you know, there was a lot of made of, obviously, when Ronaldo left Real Madrid and, you know, where's what's uh, Benzema's um, status in this team now? How is he going to respond to it? And he's... For me, should be winning Ballon d'Or this year. How oh, he's, um, he's fully been at the centre of everything that's been good about Real Madrid. He's, you know, we mentioned his goal in this game, the first one. It's not even half a chance no, to come onto it. It's, you know, the technique that he came onto that, to that ball. You, <clears throat> how he just kind of guided it into that, you know. The uh, the far post was um, was just brilliant to watch, and I don't think he's a player that's always been fully appreciated under uh, at Real Madrid. And no, definitely you know, not. There's a lot of players I feel like at that club who've 
gone through that sort of cycle of yeah. you know you think about all the brilliant players of the past and some of the you know the uh, the Galacticos that you remember but there's also other players I was thinking of the day I remember Gooty coming up coming you know about players like that and I was watching a compilation of and you forget how good these players were but they don't get remembered as much um yeah. and yeah uh, he's the sort of player that I really would have loved to see in in, in the Premier League uh, oh. not, not he was linked with Man United and Arsenal every single year wasn't it <laughs> which has never happened United um, wanted him it was when yeah. we played Leon. um we beat them in the Champions League over two legs, but you remember him scoring a goal and United got linked with Benzema the season that he left and went to Real Madrid. So, unfortunately, he didn't get that over yeah. the line. I'm sure you would have liked to have married Rihanna, Dave, but sadly, Ace at Rocky got it. That would have been something with lots of Ronaldo, Rooney, Benzema. You yeah. know, it's, we could but, dream. But... Uh, <laughs> But the most interesting thing about this was that Panenka, really, wasn't it? And what was interesting was, I, I heard elsewhere, I think Rodrigo gave an interview afterwards where he said he planned that. The whole time he planned it, he said he'd obviously, I think he missed two penalties in the game before, and he always goes low to his right. And he, he said, apparently, that he thought, Edison's such a good goalkeeper that if I put it there, he's going to know I'm going there and he's going to get to it. There's one thing he won't expect me to do at that stage of the game. And he apparently had been practicing it in training before the game with Panenka. So really interesting to see the mindset of, of him right now and how confident he must be with the goal scoring season he's having. And he really could be the difference in this second leg. I cannot wait for this game, to be honest. I, I wish it was the final, if I'm honest, because I think mm. it will be the most interesting game of the tournament. The first one was outstanding. And now this one will, will be about who can come out and show their dominance in, in Spain. But elsewhere, whoever does get through this game are going to have to play. It looks like Liverpool, doesn't it, after a 2-0 win against Villarreal. Do you give Villarreal any hope this week at all? It's hard to, isn't it, on the basis of that first game and did they have one shot on target, I think? Well, not even sure it was on target, but, you know, Emery came out and said they're going to have to offer something different if they're going to come out of this with getting yeah. anything close to a result or, yeah. you know, a lot closer to Liverpool. And I just don't feel like they've got the personnel to do that. Um, yeah. You know, they were massive underdogs um, coming into this and I've not seen anything that makes me think they can turn this away. And if they do, you know, I'll, I'll eat my words and I'll be more than happy to eat my words. If they... Yeah, this is one that you hope isn't it? Um, but you know we've seen Villarreal be written off um, many times this season they've beaten some really good teams um, beaten some not so good teams in the last year as well but um, yeah I feel as though they can come out of this with a lot of credit you know the semi-finals of a Champions League we never would have imagined them to get this close or this far they, uh, they should come out of it with a lot of credit, but instead you see the British media calling them a disgrace and things like that. I know it's been said a million times elsewhere, but I think they've got a smaller wage building, Burnley, like, and they're in the Champions League semi-final against Liverpool. I don't know what people expect of them, but I think they've been brilliant, really. It's, it's a shame to see Liverpool kind of ease through and talks of the quadruple, which is, I'm sure is fun for you right now. Yeah, you know what you mentioned there. They're probably not. They're not getting the credit that they deserve as a team. Uh, no. Like oh, you mentioned Look, there. Amazing that squad as well that we know very well in England. Lacelso is there. Juan Foy, uh, Aurier, mm. Ocalan. Players that really just didn't cut it at the top level. Danny Pereira, really good player. Danny Pereira is fantastic, but didn't really show it at QPR, I guess. He's the other one that was over in England for a while. But more my point is, we've seen what those players' levels really were in the Premier League, but they've gone to Villarreal and found something new there. And Emery has really helped a lot of them kick on to that next sort of stage and, and developed a good squad there that are, are there on merit. They've knocked out two very good teams, really, big teams in the competition. So it won't be a walkover for Liverpool necessarily, but... They've probably got their place in the final, haven't they? Elsewhere, there are a couple of other European finals that people will be trying to book their places for. The Europa League is still very open, to be fair. West Ham lost 2-1 to Frankfurt, despite an agonisingly close, late, late overhead kick from Jared Bowen crashing off the crossbar, which, 
Ah, oh, devastating. But they're still in it. They've got to go to Germany and get something which will be tough. Whereas Leipzig beat Rangers 1-0, but only 1-0. And really, you probably would have expected them to do more in that game. And now they have to go to Ibrox, which is going to be tough mm. for them too. So two fairly open tyres, Dave, even though the German sides are, look like they're in control. What do you think? Yeah, and we've, you know, we've, met, we've written off Rangers a few times this season. The one, obviously, before the fixture against Dortmund, we thought yeah. that would be too much for them. And they've just shown that, especially Ibrox, they're a different animal. Um, you know, the, the, the fans are... They love it. Man, the, the atmosphere is ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Um, and I'm sure, you know, they, they won't think that a result is out of reach for them. I'm sure they'll go into that game full of confidence. They had a really good result against, not result, but a good performance against Celtic at the week at the weekend. They should have beat Celtic, uh, in my opinion. But um, I'm sure that you know in Europe they have looked like a different team in comparison to what their league campaigns obviously been quite disappointing. But they've shown in Europe they've they've got something more, um, and there's been a different energy about them in, in Europe for some reason. I don't really know what that is, but. Um, I'm sure so, it's so true. I agree with you, but have they got more than RB Leipzig? Because right now, RB Leipzig look fantastic. They got more points in the league than Bayern in this calendar year. I can't see Christopher and Cuckoo having an off night again like he did on Thursday. RB Leipzig are a very, very good side, Dave. It, it is a different test. I know we said it about Dortmund, but Dortmund have kind of been a bit indifferent at times Braga they're not on the same sort of level so have Rangers got enough even on one of those nights to get past this RB Leipzig side it's one of those games isn't it where everything has to be near to perfect it has to be nine out of ten from everyone on that pitch yeah. and the only thing that doesn't kind of fill me with confidence is Rangers defense at times of the season yeah and they've been they've you know made unforced errors in those, you know, such basic individual errors that have, they've leaked goals from. And I think that's going to probably could be one of their downfalls is they do like to try and play out. And to be honest, they're not technically some of the best players you'll get. But um, I mean, I'm sure it'll be a good game, whatever. Um, and I just hope that they can go out there and put in a worthy performance that they can be proud of um, yeah. regardless of what the result is. Yeah, definitely. And what about West Ham then? They obviously are a goal down and have to head to Germany to play Frankfurt, who domestically haven't really done anything, but they really are enjoying this tournament this season as well. Yeah, and I think they're another team that haven't had much credit. I think a lot of people look at Frankfurt's league position, obviously, and they're hovering around mid-table. I think they're ninth. Yeah, I think so. About that. I think... Before this game, I think West Ham fans probably would have fancied themselves um, before that first leg and thought, Do you know what, we're probably favourites for this. Yeah. Um, but you've got to give, you know, full respect in that in that first game. They, you know, they look really, really good in moments. Um, transitioning, they look brilliant on the break. They look quite well structured in defence. And um, like you mentioned there, West Ham probably might feel a little bit aggrieved to have not got a result there, but. I feel for this second, obviously, this next game coming up. West Ham feel like they're more than in it and they've got the players there to make a difference. Jared Bowen's having an absolutely brilliant season. He's amazing, isn't he? His goal against Arsenal as well. He's, I love Jared Bowen. I think he's brilliant. Yeah, and I think he'll be I think he'll be in the England squad, to be honest. The, so. the way he's playing, um, he's full, he's, it'd be fully deserved for him. And... Um, He's a player I really, really enjoy watching. And he's the sort of player that you could see going to Man City or Liverpool and fitting in yeah. seamlessly just the way, he, way he plays the game. Uh, so they'll be hoping for something special from him. Um, and I think they will, they will need a couple of players to step up, uh, the likes of him, um, Antonio, obviously Declan Ross. They, they need to kind of put their, make their mark and... Um, yeah, I mean, we're, I'm sure we'd love to see a final of West Ham versus Rangers. So. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think that'd be amazing. But OK, then. So Champions League final. Who's there, Dave? 
Yeah, I, I, I can't see past City, Liverpool. I mean, we've seen that game so many times this season, it feels like. Um, yeah. The only thing I don't, I, I don't like about it is, the, yeah, obviously the two teams are brilliant, but I just feel like it's too friendly. And it's something that um, it's been mentioned a lot. I think Roy Keane mentioned it. Is it the is it the you know the biggest um, fixture in 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 Premier League history in terms of you know how good it is? And I agree with him to 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 an extent in that the players there's no you know they don't it doesn't seem like they dislike each other enough. Mane, Mane does his bit, doesn't he, for that? <laughs> he, he tries, but he tries that with everyone, as we talked about. He tried to get sent up against Newcastle, tried to get sent up against Everton. He loves it. Mm, it's, too, it's too friendly, in my opinion. and yeah. I'd just like to see a little bit more spice. Um, you know, so we're hoping for a round final, but it won't be that, will it? It looks like it's yeah, going to be... I think it's, it's not like you saw, you know, over the years, how many times did we see Chelsea against Liverpool? Um, yeah, they have a bit of. There is a bit of you know animosity between those two teams. Oh, but, Arsenal United is the one, isn't it? Yeah, for years. Uh, that's what you're. Was, that's gone. That's gone stale of late, just because our bad team. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you can't see past that final. Um, yeah, and I'd be very surprised if it wasn't. But like you mentioned the only the only fixture i can see being different is the man city real madrid one but even then the I, feel, of, uh, the I, feel, I feel as though that goal lead will probably as long as man city don't have a terrible start to this game they need to ensure they get yeah. you know, 20 minutes half an hour into this game in position where they're not up against it and the momentum isn't with real madrid because if they go in and concede early then it just changes the the dynamic completely massively and in the Europa League final, what do you think? It, I think whatever the final, it's just going to be nice to see a different team, uh, a, a different teams. Because over the last few years, we've seen the likes of, Sevilla. you know, Sevilla <laughs> constantly on this long run, and even that, there's still a link there with obviously Emery at Villarreal doing a really doing really well in another European competition. He could get to another final. We don't know. Who, would he be the manager to win? The Europa League and then the Champions League. Has anyone else done that? Uh, did Mourinho do it? Mourinho did it with Porto. Yeah, I think he did. I think Liverpool have done it before. When Liverpool won the Champions League against AC Milan, didn't they win the Europa League the year before as well? Or the, the I, don't think. I think so. But Mourinho yeah. definitely did it. Because, yeah. of course, he did. We'll come to <laughs> Mourinho briefly in a second. But go on, I'll press you. Two teams, who do you think? I I, I worry that it's going to be an all-German final. Yeah, I think you might be right. And I hope that's not the case because, especially you can imagine, obviously, a lot of fans who watch the Bundesliga and you'd like that's why you want to be in European competitions. You want to be against the unknown and experience of different atmospheres, etc. And I'm sure, you know, they'll probably want to see a different taste in there. So we could have an all English Champions League final, an all German Europa League final. We'll have two teams from different countries in the Europa Conference League. Feyenoord beat Marseille 3-2 in their first leg after scoring 10 seconds into the second half when Marseille kicked off. Yeah, that, that, that happened. And Jose Mourinho came back to England to draw one all with Leicester. And his old mate Brendan Rodgers was on the touchline and those two loved being together, didn't they? And Leicester, they went 1-0 down with a beautiful Roma goal. I really enjoyed that one from Pellegrini. But they got themselves back in a tie and they could book their place in a European final, whatever competition it might be. Do you think Leicester will get there, Dave? Or do you think Mourinho is wily enough to get back to the Olympico and get the result? I feel, normally I'd say, obviously, second leg, you, you'd you prefer to be at home. But the way this report is and how it's at 1-1, it's, you'd almost normally say the advantage would be you know the home team and i think but the, the onus is really on roma to go and win this game now um the, obviously in the way that leicester played in that first leg they should really have carried a lead into this second game um and what we saw with leicester is they had you know i think they had the majority of the possession in the first game in terms of the play the ways that they can play they can hit teams on the break so i feel as though it's probably quite well suited for them in in, in how they play and 
But obviously, you mentioned there, Roma, obviously their first goal, really well-worked goal. Um, they've got individuals in there, obviously really talented, likes of Pellegrini, who's such a good player. But What a season he's had. I think it'll be a really tight game, and, but it will be decided by a moment of probably brilliance. Um, just because the only thing I'd say about Leicester is, you know, we've seen they're vulnerable at times, their defence, they, they need to... Another set-piece goal conceded at the weekend. Yeah, I, I know it's... Something they need to 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 register and correct in the summer because it's becoming beyond a joke now. I'm sure as a Leicester, as Leicester fans, they must be, you know, <laughs> whenever there's a free kick, they they, they fear the worst. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's going to be. A, I think it will be tight. I think it'll be really tight, and I'd like to see Leicester get to a final. But of course, know, you I've, would. I've always had. I have always had a little bit of a soft spot for Mourinho. I don't really know what it's down to. I think it's because it's because he always has the fan. There's always, you know, he's always the villain. He plays the role of the villain now, doesn't he? He's I box office. I absolutely love him. Look, we're in different sides here. You're a Leicester boy, being from the area, of course. You know my love for Roma. I'm I'm quietly confident, I would say. And that's going to bite me now. I know that we'll record next week and Leicester <laughs> will be in the final. But I... I've got to say, we. I think the English players could come back to haunt Leicester, and I think a corner, Tammy Abraham and Chris Smalling, they they're gonna love a, an opportunity from that sort of set piece, and <laughs> they don't know how to deal with that, do they? So, I, Mourinho winning a European trophy in his first season when they haven't managed to qualify for the Champions League in the domestic season, I think that that's it's written in the stars almost that Roma all win this tournament now. And I really, really hope they do, to be honest, because they need it to kind of boost their season, I think, a bit. But it's going to be an interesting one regardless. Final Marseille is obviously nicely poised as well. So that's going to be an interesting tie to see who makes that. Quite, I'm not going to ask you to call that one necessarily, but we'll see where we're at next week then, shall we? So another big week in football ahead. We'll try and talk again after the Champions League games, really, so we can look forward to the final and assess what will be two very interesting games, I'm sure, with some of Europe's biggest teams playing and Villarreal. Just joking. Um, but in the meantime, thank you for joining me, Dave. No, it's been, it's been great. Um, hopefully, um, we'll have a, a couple of good games, really good games to talk about, um, as good as last week, um, yeah. especially the, the City Realm Drip one. And um, we'll have a positive United result to talk about, or probably not talk about because it's meaningless. But that's um, not happen, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> of all the predictions you've made in this episode, that's the worst one. Um, <laughs> you joining us, we want to say thank you as well. Of course, we talk about this the support that you guys give us we really really appreciate and uh, one of them go to over 2000 views the other week which is wonderful considering how new we are to this and how inexperienced and lack of professionalism dave shows on a regular basis to be honest but that's just nice for you isn't it dave uh, if you do want to support us further, you can follow us on all the social media platforms. It's up there above his head somewhere. You can have a look at that. You can join our Discord server as well. And of course, like and subscribe on YouTube or Spotify, wherever you want to find us. Mike is still off gallivanting across some unknown lands. And we'll have him back with us at some point, I'm sure. But until then, I'm sure he says hi to you guys too. Thank you for joining us on The Football Diary. And we'll see you again next time. Thanks, yeah. Dave. See you later, man. Yeah.